This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, the business station. Ballooning weight gain, crisps, and doom scrolling. 2020 has not been kind to MSP's Matt Armitage. Following the do-as-I-say principle, MSP has been experimenting with some ways to stay physically fit and mentally healthy in these strange times. Matt, you want to start today by telling us about your morning routine. Hey, Rich. Well, you know, why not? Um, I've had a a very similar routine for much of the last four years. Uh, I open my eyes and I reach for my phone and I thumb to my new site of choice to find out what Donald Trump has or hasn't done during the eight odd hours that I've rolled fitfully on the mattress. Uh, So far, to his credit, he hasn't done anything that might directly kill me. Uh, But, um, you know, even before coronavirus came around, I was waking up every morning expecting the worst. Well, Well, that can't be very healthy. Well, it's not, but it's symptomatic, I think, of something wider. So uh, to give you some context, I'm generally quite an anxiety-prone person. Uh, Quite a lot of the the, the kind of smaller surveys and anecdotal reports from health uh, professionals and, of course, the anxious themselves have seemed to concur that during the, uh, the coronavirus, people with anxiety issues have actually coped quite well, mm. possibly because a lot of our anxiety comes from uh, uncertainty in our interactions with the, the wider world. So, you know, by, by con- or on the contrary, rather, lockdowns and procedures have provided a certain amount of certainty for the anxious in dealing with the threats around us. Mm. Plus, of course, you know, many of us already have coping mechanisms that help us to deal with, you know, essentially life. So it's kind of been a, uh, a bit of a busman's holiday then? Well, yeah, you know, for those of you uh, unfamiliar with 1970s British sitcoms, <laughs> uh, a busman's holiday is the idea of doing the same thing for a holiday as you do for work. Uh, but yeah, you know, I coped with the restrictions of the first phase of Malaysia's uh, movement control order pretty well. Uh, if someone tells me I'm not allowed to go anywhere or interact with people, you know, that's absolutely fine with me because I generally don't want to go anywhere or interact with people. <laughs> how, how does this uh, relate to your morning routine then? Well, like many people who I think are anxious, I'm actually coping with the reopening less well than I would coped with the closing down. Uh, Being around groups of people freaks me out. Eating in restaurants feels uncomfortable and weird. Uh, My wife tends to go out a lot more than I do, and I scream super spreader at her every time she comes home. Uh, So far, you know, most of my clients are still on lockdown protocols, so work contacts are still all virtual for me. So I haven't had to worry about that kind of face-to-face contact with people so far Mm. but i am kind of scared of the day that i will so i'm scouring the web for stories about how safe it is to eat out to go and meet clients how i can mitigate the risks if i do have to do those things Uh, and of course then you get the stories about these situations where everything went wrong so uh, i think there was news this week about a religious gathering in a place called warrior creek in alabama where 40 people, essentially pretty much an entire church congregation, uh, ended up uh, testing positive for coronavirus after a a revival meeting. So you're doom scrolling? 
Yeah, and I'm not uh, alone. You know, in fact, most people hadn't heard or used the term doom scrolling until this year. It wasn't uh, common currency. I think it's only been around since about 2018. But I've been doom scrolling President Trump for the last four years. And you're still alive. Hence, it's the scrolling that's actually keeping me safe. It's Schrodinger's orange cat. And until recently, you know, I I limited my doom scrolling to international politics. Mm. Obviously, I've been reading about the coronavirus, but it's mostly been scientific and news-based stuff, uh, research for the shows, you know, things just related to, to kind of work fairly dry, academic, and I've stayed away from most first-person accounts and uh, human interest-type stories, and definitely no COVID in my social media. I'm not down with engaging with conspiracy nuts at the moment. I definitely don't have the patience for that. Jeff did mention you were um, a little long-winded about getting to the point. I mean, you could just have said that I was getting a little off tangent. Well, well, you know, I've no idea what that tangent even is. Okay, I can see that your breaking in period is going to be long and painful, (laughs) probably best conducted in a soundproof room. Busman's holiday, mate, busman's holiday. Fair enough. I'll have to do some hellish thinking. And that's essentially what doom scrolling is all about. So this year, uh, people have been doom scrolling in earnest. So if you're not familiar with the term, you're probably going to be familiar with the behavior. It's essentially the compulsion to endlessly scroll through your news and social media feeds, starting, you know, literally from when you wake up in bed in the morning and ending in bed at night, again, still scrolling before you go to school sleep Mm. obviously this will be uh, punctuated by long periods of doom scrolling throughout the day Uh, there's another variant which is doom surfing um, and and that's going a little bit deeper that's falling into that rabbit hole of link surfing into the darkest regions of the web and as i said i think we've all been a little bit guilty of it this uh, this past few months and you know while i can kind of arrest the covid stuff a little Um, That's largely because I already have my political doom diction to serve. Doom diction? It's just another thing. I'm trying out uh, addiction to to bad news. Um, But there are genuine negative health impacts that can result from this kind of behavior. So scientists have noted that we are instinctively drawn to negative news. There there may be an evolutionary aspect to that. Um, It's looking for threats, looking for information that threatens us. Mm. But it can also colour the way that we view the world. So since the 1970s, we've uh, identified what's been called the mean world syndrome. And it's the idea that the world is a terrible and dangerous and violent place to live in. And that gets reinforced by uh, things we see in movies and books, news reports, and of course now with social media. So... You're telling listeners to this show uh, to ignore dystopian messaging? Well, at least I I make the point of telling people that it doesn't have to be so dystopian. You know, Ah. admittedly, that's usually after I've painted a picture that makes the Red Wedding look like a day out at a water park. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, the, the algorithms of our social feeds can seem to amplify this messaging. Once we disappear down that rabbit hole the algorithms serve up more of the same kind of content. And that's why my YouTube feed is now pretty much largely unwatchable. Uh, I think I got recommended a cop car chase reality show called The Interceptors on YouTube last night. Did you watch it? 
Well, just as research for the show, not for any enjoyment purposes, you know, just to simply prove a point. But, um, you know, once the algorithms have a hold on you, it can be difficult to break the pattern. But there are some strategies I think you can take. Uh, the New York Times tech writer Brian Chen has published a few doom-scrolling pieces himself after falling into that same trap that many of us find ourselves in. So he spoke to a bunch of health professionals who helped him to come up with some methods to actually break the habit. Is it a structural thing? Partly, or at least it is according to the neuroscientist uh, Azam Ghazali. Uh, the way he describes it is similar to a dieting plan. You sketch out a plan for your meals, you control what you consume. So one way to bring back uh, that sense of control is to actually structure your day. Like work. Well, exactly. So we had a chat earlier in the week and you mentioned that uh, BFM's rotation structures really kind of work for you. Mm. Uh, you know, you find yourself overall happier and more productive, being able to work from home one week out of every two. So you have kind of the best of both worlds. You have the structure of office life one week and the relative freedom of working from home the next. And I know a lot of people are back at their physical workplaces, at least part of the time, but we're still a little bit constrained. You know, most of us are still spending more time at home than we were a year ago. And our leisure activities are still quite curtailed. So it can help to plan out your days in the same way as you would a traditional working day. Uh, are you a planner, Matt? As somebody who uh, charges by the hour, um, and no, not like that, um, I am actually pretty self-disciplined about this stuff. So I have a mental plan, but even with that, I fall into the pattern of doom scrolling. So Adam Ghazali suggests scheduling pretty much everything, you know, your work times, your meal times, your quality time with loved ones, even down to, your, to, the, to the breaks you take throughout the day. But aren't the breaks where we uh, doom scroll? Well, when you look at breaks from a work perspective, you know, we, we take them frequently throughout the day. Some of them are just quick pauses, you know, it's a run to the bathroom or to go and grab a glass of water. Others are, are longer. And they're more than just time away from the screen and away from tasks and from meetings. They're a chance to socialize with colleagues, to catch up on the human stuff like, you know, brownie recipes and why cats beat kids. And that's an aspect that uh, work from home and social distancing are making much harder for us to do. Cats beating kids, what are you on about? If only that was a YouTube channel, <laughs> that would be the most awesome thing. Cats are better than kids. I, I mean, I don't think I'd want cats physically beating kids. Ah. That would be a bit strange. Uh, but, but, you know, it's, we're talking about that kind of social aspect of things. We still interact with people, but it's without those same friendly edges. So mm. I've been working with a group of people who have just started working uh, at a company. And forging those personal relationships uh, has been really challenging for them. Some of them are yet to meet face-to-face, uh, -face, let alone go and grab a coffee together. But you can overcome it. So I was reading the uh, Twitter feed of the, the, the well-known British tech writer, broadcaster, and uh, thoroughly nice man, Bill Thompson, this week. 
Now, he said he's taken to hanging around at the end of Zoom meetings to see who else is uh, slow to log off. And he just grabs a few minutes to chat with whoever is hanging around at the end. Mm. Because we forget how important those kind of chance encounters are for sparking ideas uh, and concepts and just for increasing that sense of well-being. Okay, when we come back, more ways to control your doom-scrolling habit. And believe it or not, Matt believes you you can sit your way to health. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Baba from Malacca, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. This is MSP. Now, we've been following Matt's daily routine on today's show. Do do you ever get out of bed? Well, I will admit that the uh, coronavirus has been an excuse to uh, sleep late and do a lot of my initial stuff from bed. Uh, But, you know, in general, I'm up and about. Um, We were talking uh, about, you know, making plans. And one of the reasons uh, we often fail at intentions to diet or change other habits is that we tend to over plan. Mm. We come up with a structure that isn't realistic. Uh, Me working from bed for an hour in the morning is something that's realistic. You know, I don't drink coffee in the morning. I'm not hungry when I wake up. So it's a quiet time for me to get organized and actually plan my day. Then I can get up, exercise, shower, eat, and kind of hit the computer. I was wondering when we'd get to the exercise. Well, more about that later, uh, when we get to sitting, actually, conversely. But for now, yes, you know, another way to break the doom scrolling is to put the screen down and do something physical for, you know, just for 15 minutes, go for a walk or a run. If you can't get out of the the house or wherever you are, you know, maybe do some yoga. Um, Meditation and mindfulness work for some people. Um, They don't work for me. I I can honestly say I never feel more anxious and short of breath than uh, the times that I've tried to meditate. So it's really, it really is about finding the methods that, that work for you. Well, yeah. Um, Chen at the uh, New York Times also spoke to the uh, author Dr. Vivek Murthy, uh, a, a former vice admiral and surgeon general under Barack Obama. Now, he's shifted a lot of his Zoom and other calls to uh, when he's out walking. Uh, because he said that stops him sitting and leaning towards a camera, which he he feels, you know, has a bad effect on his body. Mm. I do something similar. Uh, I take all my video calls and do all my video meetings at a standing desk. It helps me to feel more comfortable. Uh, It's a more natural position. I tend to feel less tired by the process of the meetings. And also it means that I'm a little bit further away from the, the screen. Now, Dr. Murthy also suggests that we follow a Japanese practice called uh, a moai. This is a a small group of trusted friends and associates who get together regularly and can speak sort of candidly and in confidence. Do you have a a, a moai? Uh, Yes. Uh, Dr. Murthy has uh, two friends in his. They speak once a month for a couple of hours. Uh, mine is a little bit larger. It consists of me, Jaff, Brushtail, and uh, Trooper. Uh, they're cats, aren't they? Well, you know, people are problematic. Uh, apart from Jaff, who's obviously my cat, they're all neighborhood strays. 
Um, but they're great listeners and they know everything that's going on in the, the neighbourhood. And the point is, it's a support structure that actually works for me. Now, Jeff warned me that getting sense out of you might be uh, nigh on impossible. It's all about perseverance. Uh, another thing that has been a, a feature of our rather less active lifestyles of late has been our increasing waistline. So I've had to massively cut my carb intake just to keep my weight at uh, that stable level of unhealthy. Still fighting that uh, crisp addiction. Yeah, it's worse than doom scrolling, uh, I think, that one. Um, <laughs> what we're seeing as countries struggle to reorient to uh, potentially long-term accommodation with coronavirus is governments pushing the idea of at-home health as a way of reducing pressure on their health systems mm. because we kind of have a, a two-pronged problem. Firstly, we know that people with underlying health conditions, uh, you know, heart problems, diabetes, they're at a greater risk of serious complications from the virus. Mm. Second, that forcing people to stay at home, uh, restricting and controlling their exercise options, that can actually increase the risk for some people of developing conditions like diabetes and heart, uh, heart problems. So circling back to your crisp addiction. Well, things like uh, low-carb diets certainly seem to help people lose weight in the short term. We're less sure of their long-term effectiveness simply because many of these diets are actually relatively new. So we haven't had the physical time to run long-term surveys and tests. Mm. We know that a lot of people can shift weight by dieting, but that they have more trouble preventing the weight from creeping back on. This is the case for more and uh, consistent exercise. Well, obviously, exercise is good for a whole host of reasons. You know, burns energy, regulates mood. It's good for your mental health. Uh, it can help to stabilize blood sugar levels. So exercise is, you know, definitely good. Uh, if you're not somebody who exercises a lot, you should maybe get some medical advice to, to figure out what level of exercise is uh, suitable for you. But one of the things is there's no clear link between exercise and weight loss. It can certainly help you uh, in preventing weight gain, uh, but there's no direct or clear link between the exercise and weight loss. So this is leading some countries to look at more drastic solutions to keep potential second waves of the coronavirus at bay. Uh, the UK, um, to which you know I can add my own anecdotal evidence, has a growing problem with obesity is considering massively increasing the access of uh, British citizens to surgical solutions to weight management problems. Like uh, gastric bands? Yes. Yeah, so the New Scientist has reported that hmm. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson, uh, probably no stranger to the seductive power of the potato chip himself, <laughs> is uh, considering <laughs> making surgical options uh, more widely available on the National Health Service. And how effective is, is gastric surgery? Well, certainly, you know, gastric bands and bypass surgeries are effective in that they reduce how much food can either be consumed or digested. So they are effective, if radical, uh, when it comes to reducing weight. Mm. But they're not without plenty of issues themselves. You know, for one thing, it's a major operation and any kind of major surgery has associated risks. Uh, there are complications with things like the absorption of uh, vitamins and minerals from the food that you eat. The process of eating itself can become more difficult and, of course, less pleasurable. And according to New Scientist, there's also evidence that a percentage of uh, 
recipients of uh, kind of gastric band or, or gastric surgery simply swap the food addiction for something like alcohol addiction. Mm. So there are also these kind of mental health support requirements that come along with taking this uh, surgical intervention approach. So this isn't one of your recommended hacks then? A Definitely not. You know, th- this is something that only a, a physician should recommend and probably only after you've exhausted all the far less drastic options to control your weight. Obviously, this is not a medical advice show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, you know, I just wanted to illustrate some of the hidden risks that we face by this process of, you know, sheltering in place, to which I'll add uh, another hidden danger that we face in our homes. At this point, I'm, a, I'm at a loss. Household cleaning products, whiplashing guitar strings, Lego on the stairs. Um. All, all of those things are definitely dangerous, so they're, they're valid and uh, good points. But I was actually thinking more of the couch. Uh, stream and chill has been an enormous part of most of our lives for the past six months. And, you know, let's face it, chairs are just so comfy. And let's be fair, daytime napping, is it's fun too. Well, it is. You know, there have been so many slothful delights that the past few months have helped us to turn into habits. So as I mentioned a couple of minutes ago, we know the health risks that sedentary behaviour poses, uh, all those lovely illnesses that I won't bother repeating. Um, so we may actually have limited options for uh, what we can do with you know, our environment for mm. the time being. Not everyone can get a standing desk to work from home or gym equipment that can mitigate the risks a little bit. But one thing we can do is to change the way that we sit. Now, we've mentioned Tanzania's Hadza people on the show before. Uh, they're one of the few model hunter-gatherer societies left uh, on earth in terms of their relatively low levels of disease and long lifespans yeah and you know a lot of the studies so far have looked at their health from the perspective of activity so they have a lifestyle that requires them to be physically active many hours a day but the activity didn't explain all the differences between people in developed countries where averages uh, average weights are increasing people are getting heavier uh, with the lifestyle that the the Hadza people have so the uh, researchers started looking into the way that they rest Mm. and that's where it started to get kind of really interesting because they found that uh, the Hadza were at leisure for roughly the same number of hours as many of the slothful populations of western Europe what was different was actually the way that they rested no uh, Netflix to chill with Well, more importantly, I think, no sofa and no chairs. So we've long known that chairs are not great for us. I think back in 2012, uh, I'm in Lee, an epidemiologist at Harvard University, analysed mortality data uh, from things like heart disease, diabetes and cancer, and determined that prolonged periods of inactivity, especially from sitting, were killing around 5 million people every year. Even going back to uh, 1953, a survey found that London bus drivers, who, of course, would sit for long periods each day, were more likely to develop heart conditions, and they developed them at a younger age, than the conductors on the same buses who stood and walked around the buses all day. Mm. Yet the Hadza people spend similar amounts of time at rest as we do, but without the negative effects. Because they don't have chairs to sag into? 
Yeah, I mean, the team researching the Hadza and living alongside them for uh, a decade or so said that they were attracted to the researchers' camp chairs. You know, it's, it's this weird thing. We think about a long day at work and we dream of getting back to that comfy, supportive chair and just sitting back and relaxing and watching our TV. We don't think of the chair as being our enemy. But chairs actually allow us to switch off our muscles because we're allowing the cushions and the back of the chair to support us. Uh, NASA studies dating back to the 1950s on the prolonged effects of uh, zero gravity on astronauts determined that uh, this kind of inactivity can lead to loss of muscle mass, thinning bones, and an increase in uh, fats like triglycerides uh, in the blood, which, of course, are linked to heart disease. Okay, we're running out of time. Uh, Bottom line, if we're stuck in our homes, how can we copy those hunter-gatherers? Simply by ditching the chairs. Now, I know a lot of people won't like this answer, but squatting is actually a really healthy way to sit. The researchers with the Hadza found that squatting requires five to ten times as much muscle activity as slumping against those cushions. And other so-called active sitting postures, you know, whether it's kneeling, sitting cross-legged, some of the uh, yoga-style seating postures are also a lot more beneficial than just sitting there slumped and vegging on the couch. Presumably you're sitting whilst we're recording this. I am actually kneeling. Um, I've had one of those fancy kneeling chairs for a few years. Uh, A few months ago, uh, I took the backrest off it because I found, again, that I would slump against the backrest too much. Now it's a lot less comfortable and my posture is much, much better. So I guess it must be working. Have you given uh, squatting a go? After I read the new scientist report that outlined the benefits, yes, I tried it. uh, (laughs) And like uh, most... um, Uh, let's say, stomachly balanced middle-aged people who have not spent much time squatting, uh, I found that my muscles don't really do that. Um, But I did find a lot of resources online that can help you to find these kind of active sitting postures that that will work for your body, even if it's just sitting on the sofa with your, your knees up. So yeah, if you want to stay healthy during the pandemic, eat less, exercise more, and squat. Spoken like a true tyrant. Uh, Great at-home hacks from MSP. If for some reason you actually enjoyed that, uh, you can find more episodes of MSP on the BFM website and the app, of course. Uh, For transcripts of these shows, head over to culturepop.com and you can find Matt on all the usual social channels. He's at culturepop on Instagram and at culturepopup on Twitter. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.